All right, the irony is we're going to talk about the lost art of friendship, so break it up. So what are you going to do? Thanks for uh, being here. I'm Ted. Let's get, uh, let's get prayed up, and uh, then we'll, we'll get into this, and then we'll uh, head in. By the way, all the middle schoolers and high schoolers, they've not been abducted. They're all in. They're helping with the kids. And uh, so that's good. Asher, I see you've opted out of that. It's probably wise. But Asher was just in there a year or two ago. He's not going back in. Let's get, let's get prayed up. Heavenly Father, we appreciate the idea that you created us for a relationship. Would you bless our struggle? And it's your name we pray. Amen. So as we talked about work, the point being relationships, if there's an entire book of the Bible, it's comically dark. If you've never read the Bible, you think uh, the Bible's boring, you've started into it, yeah, the opening stories are pretty good, and then you get into all the laws and the rules, and, you're, and you fell over and never picked it up again, skip ahead to the book of Ecclesiastes. King Solomon, his dad was king, now King Solomon is going to be king, and his prayer is, Lord, make me the wisest person in the world. And really great at being wise. Not so great on the follow-through. He had... Uh, Hundreds of wives. In the Bible, there are multiple wives as part of the culture. Never once worked out well. God is saying, yeah, sure, it's part of the culture. Why don't you give that a shot? Yeah, see, it doesn't work, does it? Pick one good one. That's what you're after in life. Solomon picked too many, and they weren't good. And now at the end of his life, he's writing the book of Ecclesiastes, comically depressing, really never mentions God. You'll see he's, he alludes to God. The other books of the Bible cover God. Because Solomon realized he'd spent his whole life in pursuit of the wrong things. It comes down to relationships are the key to life. Love God, love others. So the, a study found that if they asked people, they followed people, you can have a $10,000 um, unexpected bonus. Maybe it's work. Maybe Uncle Al passes away. When we bought our first house, Uncle Jim set us ten grand. We said, oh, that's great. What's this for? And he said, as new homeowners who bought a house that's 40 years old, maybe it was 50 years old, you don't realize how much you're going to need this. And we didn't know anything about it. It's probably a good seven or eight hours before we realized, oh, no, we've got a bad roof and the electrical needs to be upgraded. So we appreciated that 10 grand. So you can have an unexpected $10,000 or you can spend regular time with a person who makes you happy. Every week or two, you get to hang out with this person that's just a delight. Just you, you get together and the cares go away. So then they tracked the people that got the unexpected cash, those who regularly spend time with someone who makes them happy. A year or two later, spending $10,000. That's just a rounding error after two years. Nobody remembers. But spending regular time with someone who makes you happy, that on the happiness scale, an enormous difference. We think if we just had a little bit more money, we would be happier. And when they keep doing the studies, it's not, it's not the case. Another study found having a best friend at work results in making two years worth of income over your lifetime an increase. Whatever you make in a year, you can have whatever you make in two years, that's what's added to your income. Just by having a good friend at work, because we work more diligently, it's not just about us, we are being productive for our friends as well, and we stay longer at the same job. 
which if you have a good job, those of us who have reached a certain stage of life, this probably isn't true if you're 20, but those of us who have reached a certain stage in life, you could be tempted. You've got a good job. You've worked toward your education and your work experience have worked towards this position and things are going well and you think, yeah, I don't know. Sure, the paycheck's nice, but maybe I want a new challenge. If you have a good friend at work, you tend to stay and enjoy. And that stability leads to a lot more finances. So we're spending uh, the month of September talking about the lost art of friendship. Good friends are profitable. Good friends are profitable. And it shouldn't be surprising, although it might be, because Jesus said relationships are the point of life. Love God, love others. We can think with friendships, well, that's fun. When I'm done with work and when I get done with family obligations and when I'm in a place, then I'll check back in with friends. When we're younger, we spend all kinds of time with friends. In fact, when we're younger, we spend time with our friends and when they get on our nerves, and then we go back and spend time with our family and when they get on our nerves and we go to work and when those people get on our nerves, then we go to church and when those people, well, service ends, then we go back to these people. And then we pick one, we pick a good one and we pick a job and between the job and family, we're kind of busy, we're kind of booked. Really easy to make friends when we're in school. We're all in the same stage of life. Really easy to make friends at the old folks' home. Looking forward to those days. I was about, uh, first time I ever came to Arizona, I was, think I was 30. The hot chick and I had just recently married, and my friend Warren, who paid for me to live in London and go to school there to be a minister, he brings me down. Wait, no, that was, yeah, right? He brings me down to say thanks to everybody. And oh, first time I'd ever been to Arizona. And they lived in Sun City up in Arizona, up in Phoenix. Oh, I'd lived in London. You know, it's great. But if you don't have, if you're making student money, any big city, you walk by the pretty places, right? And then we were living in the middle of Kansas City, like downtown where people were getting shot on a regular basis, Kansas City. Then we go to Sun City. Oh, is this what heaven is going to be like? A lot of those people were found out about two weeks later. But, see, it's an, older, it's an older crowd is what I'm saying. Thank you, John, the drummer. Dark humor. I should have just been talking to John for that one. But I would say to Warren, hey, we met so-and-so. Uh, how are they? Say, well, it's been two weeks. They're not with us anymore. There's a lot of that. But it was delightful, and it was easy to make friends because everybody's in the same stage of life. Sun City, they have a rule. If you're under 55 years old, you can't stay more than a week. They don't want punks ruining it. Get out of here. But the middle phases of life, it can be tough to make a friend. It can be a challenge to make a friend. Some of us come from families. My dad was the before he would leave for work in the morning. He would say to my mom, hey, make sure you make something, cookies, pie, something. And we'd get back, he'd call his Italian, my dad was Jewish, call his Italian friend, Dave Corginell, and he would say, put on the coffee, we're coming over, we've got cookies. And we would just irresponsibly on a school night go hang out with them. That was pretty common back what we did. That whole builder's generation that we spent some years just holding in high esteem, Biggest bunch of social drinking drunks you've ever met in your life. But they were just great to spend time with. My dad had been cut off by my mom. He didn't get to drink anymore. So that was what the coffee was for. 
but they knew how to throw a party a couple times a week. New York public schools didn't have homework, so that was fine. It, we weren't falling behind or anything. But you may not have grown up in a family like that. Or even if you grew up in a family like that, it can be tough to keep that going. Our pace of life is such that on a Tuesday, just randomly, you'll say to people, hey, we're coming over. They'll be like, oh, I thought we were friends. Don't come over. Nobody in this house has pants on currently, and we don't want to change that. We don't want to see you. When we all have the same stage of life, it's easy to make friends. Here's one. My wife's dear friends are a whole variety of ages, but the kids are all the same age. She is a friend. The kids are the same age. The friend graduated high school about the time our oldest was born. My wife, when our oldest was born, my wife was 97 years old. We put it off a little bit. They are not the same age. The conversations can get a little comical, but their oldest and our youngest are the same age, so there you go. There's friends. There is no uh, such thing as a, a perfect friendship. And some of you are thinking through, oh, oh, oh I've, had, I've had some friends that really went south. I'll just stay with what I've got. Thanks. But we would like to be people who are able to have good friendships. It's such an important part of life. And if we're going to talk about friendship, we have to acknowledge this. Some people are jerks. My mother-in-law clears her throat. I, that wasn't, was not an editorial comment towards me. Some people are jerks. They're not currently, and maybe never will be, not currently able to be your friend. They're not capable of it. So the loving thing is to not be around them. There are people in life that aren't capable of being in a relationship with you, at least currently. And there's a reason that jerks exist in the world. And there's a reason that friendships are work even in the best of circumstances. So in church, we use the word sin. All happened back at the beginning. Pick up the Bible, get to that first page. There it is. God created it. It was perfect. It was good. Dropped us in there for eternal relationship and right to the fruit option. We choose against God. And before we get all upset, eh, darn Adam, we do it all the time. If it had been us, we would have done it a page sooner tree wasn't even invented yet. We would have been choosing against God. Once that perfect eternal relationship is broken and has to be repaired, we live in this fallen world. Sin just simply means we miss the mark. We were shooting for something, fell a little short, went a little wide, a little bit outside. The scientific word that sin introduced is entropy. Second law of thermodynamics. It's a scientific fact what Adam and Eve brought to the picture. It's a fundamental part of the world. The natural trend of our universe, the natural trend of our universe toward death and decay. That's where we live. Well, Ted, this is very uplifting. It's not meant to be depressing. It's meant to explain how everything works. My dad would say every 10-minute job takes two hours. You start into something around the house, there's a leak under the sink. Ah, this will be easy. Just a little, just needs to be tightened. All of a sudden, the whole thing breaks in half. It's shooting water everywhere. You got to go outside and turn the water off, and you're making three trips to Home Depot. This, if you own a home, this is what happens. This is your Saturday. Entropy. It's that hot things always cool down unless energy and effort is applied to keep hot things hot. It's 
while dishes, it's why dishes pile up in the sink unless energy and effort is applied. It's why the leftovers get pushed to the back and it's why you're, it's, it's the smell. It's, it's, that's the smell. It's entropy in action. Unless energy and effort are applied. Entropy is why the dog stinks. It's why the kid's room is covered in Legos because Legos don't go back in the box unless energy and effort is applied. And energy and effort, entropy, energy, effort. That's why our friend circle can be a little light. Because it's a lot easier to come home at the end of the day and for me to spend time with the hot chick and the kids because they're pretty entertaining and the Yankees. For others, you come home and you turn on the TV. Why? Because it's entropy in action. It's a lot easier to do that. Entropy is why weeds grow in the desert. Why on earth are there weeds in my front yard in the desert? I walk outside. Within seven minutes, I've passed out on the driveway. How is a weed existing in this environment? Weeds, weeds, there were no weeds in the Garden of Eden. Weeds didn't even get created until the whole incident at the tree and entropy was created. So the reason why friendships are a challenge is entropy. The reason why friendship is difficult is sin, entropy. There's this great book in the Bible, Ecclesiastes. And it really is just fed up with entropy. Entropy is why you can't unscramble an egg, right? You've got entropy. So Ecclesiastes, he's writing along. He's, uh, he's whining a little bit, if we're honest. And he says, the key to solving entropy is right here. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Remember, we started with you make more money with a friend at work. You learn from each other to succeed in life. We are way too tired to make all the mistakes ourselves. Can I get an amen? I make a good portion of the mistakes myself, but I need to learn a few things from the, the mistakes and the knowledge of others. Verse 10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. This just sounds like Tucson, like a hiking video, really, is what it sounds like. But we are not meant to live this life alone. Yes, it's effort to make friends. And they can be a challenge. But it's worth the effort to find some good ones. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. This is going to be awkward, my mother-in-law here. But how can one be warm alone? So just to be clear, that is saying exactly what you think it's saying. Expanding a little bit on the definition of friendship. Pick a good one. My wife is terrible at texting. I will text, I love you, hottie, crickets. My wife actually has a record going. She has never once texted me back since the technology was invented. It is a gift she has. It goes into the black hole of her... Life, and when I mention it to her, she'll say, well, I thought about texting. So as soon as Siri can read her mind, our life is going to get really exciting. Maybe some things I don't want to know. But this week, I almost screen, I actually did screenshot it, and I almost put it up here. This week, out of the blue, my wife, who is terrible at words of affirmation, texted me and said, I'm proud of you. I know. 
I know. That's really the whole point of the sermon. Right here, if you get nothing else out of it, it's my wife apparently likes me. I'm a words of affirmation person, just little stuff. I do laundry and I announce it. You know what I'm saying? Did seven loads of laundry. I did the towels on hot. I put the bleach in. It's been kind of sour smelling. I think we got some mold and mildew, but I ran a couple. I do the whole thing. I want credit. Words of affirmation are important to me. Nothing. But she's really good at that keeping you warm thing, if you know what I'm saying. What, Sol- what uh, Solomon is writing in Ecclesiastes is we need, across the board, great relationships. It's not actually the hot chick's job to, to meet every need that I have. There's one, that's it. That's her job. She signed up for it. But words of affirmation, I have people that I hang out with that are just kind and encouraging. Where's Eli? Put your hand up, Eli. If you need a kind word, if you're in prison, Eli will come there and say something kind to you. It's a gift that Eli has. That's why he is, I, th- I think Eli is now my longest tenured friend in Tucson. I mean, John in the back is pretty, all, well, I guess I met all you guys about the same time. Eli, Eli, no, I guess John might be, but Eli showed up to church as a college kid wearing uh, pajama pants. And he wanted credit just for going to church. And we were fine with that. Got married, Tamara put an end to that nonsense. But I don't rely on Eli to keep me warm, if you know what I'm saying. A hug now and then, sure. But Eli's role is different. What, what Solomon is saying is in Ecclesiastes, do not make your spouse be your only close relationship. That's not fair. You have to be there for your spouse. Figure out what it is they need from you and do that. That's what you signed up for. But you also need other people. You know what Jenny doesn't want to hear from me? Whining. Couldn't care less about it. Doesn't want to hear it. So I have other friends for that. Eli, put your hand back up, right? (laughs) If I'm stressed at work, if I've got a trick knee going on, if I'm tired of running over rattlesnakes on my bike, Jenny doesn't want to hear that. I call Eli. Eli, got some whining to do. All right. Puts on his headphones, plays some music. Right, we have, it's, we've worked it all out. I have friends that are in different uh, spaces that meet different needs. Here's a weird one. You're not going to hear this announced in any other church by a, by a minister who's actually graduated. I'm actually, um, I'm out of drinking buddies. What are you going to do about that? I, uh, I had three. And two have gotten old and realized I, they didn't just drink with me. Here's the thing. It has to be within walking distance of my house. And I'll be honest, I don't drink much. I'm not going to be your big drinking buddy. But, you know, every couple of months we could go out and have a beer and, and chat. That'd be great. Well, two of those guys didn't just wait for me, if you know what I'm saying, and now they're cut off. They went too far, and now they're at zero. And then the other one just had open-heart surgery. And his doctor's all whiny about me drinking with him. Every little thing. I don't think that was the main cause. We need to have friends at work. We need to help. We need to have friends in the neighborhood. We need to have certainly a spouse who's a friend. But no one person is meant to meet every need that you have. and And you are not meant to be another person's everything. I know it works in the movies, but if you notice, once that gets announced, the movie, the credits start to roll, right? 
and there is no sequel with a happy ending. We're not meant to be everything to anybody. We're meant to be in this together, to have a group. The Bible word is oikos, about 8 to 15 people that have some unique roles in your life. The spouse is supposed to stay. Sometimes the others rotate out. Here's something I find fascinating living in the West. So where I grew up, about half of my friend group, still alive, out of prison, they could walk to the house they grew up in. But what are we, living in Mayberry? Why, why, you guys never left? Are you not aware that the rest of the world exists? The other half, well, me, went far away. So I come way out west. Where I grew up, my grandfather's grand adventure in life was to go way out west. Before he got married, before he settled down and had kids, he went out west for his grand adventure. You want to know where he went? Detroit. <laughs> way out west to the wilds of Detroit. Had a great time. Then he had to come back and settle down. We used to consider Baltimore the deep south. So, it frankly still do. But when I got out here, what I noticed was People aren't from here. Even those of you who, the few of you who are from here, you have an interesting thing. Where I grew up, if I go back, I don't have more room for new friends. They're already there. My friendship, my Lego connector is already full. But out here, people come and go so fast and so often that nobody's Lego connectors are full. It's a fascinating part about being out west. You'll make a really good friend. I've had two good friends in the last couple of weeks announce they're planning on moving. And I said, well, it's going to be awkward when the Soderholm family goes with you. Have you factored that into your equation? And they said, oh, well, it's not going to be for a while. They're planning 10 years out. Okay, but we're still going with you. Out here in the West, our Lego connectors are open, which means we have the opportunity to make new friends. Why do we spend so much time with the Bible studies and the small groups and all the rest? Why do we do donuts and next Sunday waffles? Because we have an opportunity that a lot of parts of the world, it's hard to make a new friend. You move in, they already have friends. They have a group. They'll invite you into it, maybe. But here we can actually make new friends and so we need to make new friends because out here, you can isolate really fast. Drive the car into the, into the garage, put the door down, live your life in the back, and barely talk to your neighbors. My neighbors from the Bronx, we talk. But it's easy to be isolated out here. The, uh, the government website, I think it came out in 2017, the pandemic of loneliness, being lonely there's a social isolation and an existential isolation. They won't admit that one's God, but you know, it's a government website. But when we feel disconnected from our creator and from each other, it has the effect, they said, of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So some of you worked really hard to give up smoking. You're like, well, I've got a family, a lot of friends. I can, that's about, what, a pack and a half? What is 15 cigarettes a day? I don't know. It's, it's devastating on who we are. We weren't created to be alone. So out here in the West, we have to make the effort. And we have to keep making the effort. When we were in Midtown, we had all the college kids coming, the Air Force, and there was a few of us who just lived here. And you'd make a good friend, and they'd be a good friend, and then they would leave. The Air Force, they'd leave college, and you'd make a new friend, and then they would leave. And then someone would walk in on Sunday, and you'd say, are you staying? And they'd go, I don't know, I just got here. No, I mean in Tucson. 
Are you staying? Because I'm not putting the effort into you unless you make a commitment. And to sign a 10-year friend contract? The West is a unique place to make friends. And the reason why we need them, verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked. That sounds a little dark. And defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. This is combat language. I don't know about you. I went an entire week last week and no one person took a swing at me. Right? I was looking out for mountain lions on my bike ride, but nobody took a swing at me. We live in a pretty civilized place. But think of the times in your life where it would have been really handy to have a friend. Maybe going through something right now. It's a, the idea, right? You're, you're back to back. It's like, uh, I think the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, with, with swords or whatever you would picture. There's a few times where we need somebody. We are the gazelle with lions coming or jackals or whatever it is that goes on over there. Are jackals real? Jack doesn't sound right. Hyenas? Let's go with hyenas. I think I'm very comfortable with my New York public education saying hyenas are real. Jackals might be. Ted, you're losing some credibility fast. Well, I don't watch the nature, I don't watch the nature documentaries. I know sharks are real. So when it says that and it talks about combat, we can think that doesn't apply. So talking to a friend this week. I'm talking about they're ready, ready to go back into the dating pool. Well, in this day and age, it's, there's apps, and those can be a little fishy. And they said, all right, give me your old man thoughts. And I said, as soon as possible when you meet someone, get them around your friends that love you. Let them vet them for you. When I met the hot chick, I come back from London. No, wait, I, I come to Kansas City to fly to London. I'm leaving the next day. I'm moving there. And whoever picks me up at the airport on the drive back to where the school, they said, ah, oh, this new woman started attending. She's a new student. You'd really like her. It's a shame you're leaving the country. I had a number of people say that to me. Um, remarkably, a number of people said that to her. I didn't know who she was. They didn't describe her in detail. But when she walked in the room that night, I knew I wanted that one. What do I got to do? And then when I found out this is the one you guys were talking about, why am I leaving the country? This is a dumb idea I cannot reverse for a long time. If you've ever tried to impress someone before email was invented from another country, it's a challenge. But she's sitting right there, so it worked. I also went to school occasionally, but that was a, quickly became a secondary goal. Otherwise, I'd know about jackals. So I said... If you're going to date someone through an online situation, then get them around your friends and family fast. Let them vet them for you. We, we need each other. If you're new to Tucson, hang out with old people. Old people have some wisdom, but they also have some, some friendship circles for you to break into. It can feel a little combative when we move to a city. Tucson's a million people. Not the biggest city in the world, but it's kind of a weird, disjointed place. You don't just get here to a million people. Oh, there'll be people to meet. It doesn't necessarily work that way. Wherever you're going to school or work, sure. But if you're in one of the great old folks' homes or like a cruise ship that doesn't move, then sure. But for the rest of us, when we get here, we have to put some work into it. Jenny and I moved here, and a young married couple, no, uh, no kids. So we thought, huh. 
Let's go meet some people. Let's join a co-ed softball team. Show of hands, who thinks this worked out well? Anybody? Yeah, nobody. I think everybody who showed up was looking to have an affair, I think is what was going on there. It's a very strange situation. I was, I was actually trying to play softball. It was, uh, it was strange. To go through this life alone isn't how we were built. We were built to have friends. Are friends going to let you down? Yeah. Pay attention. Pick good ones. Not everybody's capable. The old phrase was, uh, pick a good one and treat kindly. All right, last verse. Three are even better. Seems like we just went sideways on this, doesn't it? I think Jenny's going to vote no on this. I don't believe. So he's, now he's doing two things. He's reminding us one person isn't meant to fit every situation that you need. You need your fun friends. You need your work friends. You need to have a good spouse. Three or even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now he's going elsewhere in the Bible for this reference. The third one is your creator to go through this life with all the greatest friends in the world and you don't have a connection to God, then that ex existential angst is still going to get us. We have to, at some point in life, figure out we're a child of God to embrace that and to act like it. How would you act if you knew you couldn't fail? Going to be some bumps along the way? Yeah. Well, I've heard that God doesn't give you more than you can handle, but this is a lot. Well, you heard wrong. What you need to, to hear is that God never goes away. But this life, have you read the stories where God showed up in sandals? How'd that work out? It's a rough world down here. We're not going to get out alive. And it's going to be challenging as we go through. When he said that combat language, we need each other, means there's going to be some fights down here. It's going to get harried down here. We need each other. We need friends. We need the, the close relationships, those we can count on. We are not cast adrift on this God-forsaken planet spinning wildly into oblivion. God is here. God is with us. We need each other. Love God and love others, Jesus said, is the whole point. How do we know we're not cast adrift? Here's one. When you walk outside, filled up with, with one too many donut and, uh, and some coffee, do you walk outside and just go zoop, spinning off into space? No. The world's spinning pretty fast. I mean, you go home, you take a basketball, you put a little Lego on it, spin it really fast. What happens to the Lego? Zoom. Well, then how come we don't go spinning out of here? If the God of the universe can create gravity and centrifugal force in the middle of entropy and chaos, entropy and chaos are facts of life, but they're not the determining factor. God wins. Just as he created gravity, created relationships. Relationship with our creator and those around us. How do we make friends? C.S. Lewis said, uh, friendship begins at that moment. C.S. Lewis was a writer, friend of Tolkien, Lord of the Rings guy. Friendship begins at that moment. One says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. That's where friendship starts. That's why you don't have to be the same age. Stage of life helps. Same guy said, good relationships aren't necessary in life unless you want to enjoy life. If you want to enjoy life, 
It's probably a compelling show on Netflix. My family will tell you I wouldn't know. They've tried to watch compelling TV with me, and I have thoughts. I didn't raise, I wasn't grown up, I didn't grow up in a TV household. We, I don't know, you, some of you are good at watching TV, I'm not one of them. But more compelling than binge watching something would be time with friends. Mean you can never watch TV? Great, Ted, now when I watch TV, you made me feel guilty. No, I watch biking videos on YouTube. I can watch something for eight minutes, as long as there's pedaling involved. You can watch some TV. But if we don't make the effort to invest in, in friends, then entropy, needing energy and effort, will just take us in front of the TV. Or for me, listening to the Yankees, which this year is very depressing. Is it always going to work? No. Most of my minister friends in their younger years ended up being um, singles pastors at big churches. Big church, you decide, you know, we should have a singles ministry. We got the little kids, and then we got the high school, the middle schoolers, the high schools. We got a college group. But then what do you do once you finish? We got to get a singles group together. Big church, hundreds of singles people. Instantly, their whole job is to look out for predators. That's all they did. Every one of those groups came crashing down. Is it easy to make friends? No. It's not easy to make friends. Have your friends vet them. The lost art of friendship. What did mom teach us about friendship? In order to have a friend, we have to be a friend. So choose wisely, treat kindly, put some attention into it. When I was trying not to die at Banner Hospital after a, 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 a surgery that didn't go well, didn't go well for me, the surgeon made the mistake, not me, I was just, I was just there. I had two friends fly in. One, one friend... Called Jenny and said, okay, I bought a ticket. I'm coming in to see Ted. And she said, Greg, don't bother. He's going to die. And Greg said, well, I already bought the ticket. And Jenny said, well, I don't want to see you. So it was a little awkward, but uh, that's not true. My family loves Greg. So uh, his girlfriend, Greg, sometimes watches Greg. Let's get that ring going, man. What are we doing here? But his girlfriend made our kids uh, water bottles years ago. They still use those things. We love Greg. Years well, about a year goes by before I can finally recover enough to stand up and I come back and Greg flies out to visit and he knows that we love sugar around here. So he brought some kind of New Orleans, where I grew up, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans sugar. And, and we had king cakes that day. Good friends. Well, now he's back living in Florida and uh, I talked with him a lot this week. Are you floating away? So now it's disappointing. We just got a little rain. He's a ship's captain. He would have been fine with a hurricane, a level five at his house. He said, uh, I think my house is ready for 110 mile per hour winds. I said, how do you know that? He said, I don't know. I got a feeling. I, I don't think it works that way. But to have friends, I find one of the challenges of friends is most of my, a lot of, all too many of my friends live too far away. It's difficult to maintain a friendship from states away. So that means we have to invest here. So, there's the list. There's the list that we did. It's um, the women's Bible study, the women's book club, the men's Bible study. There's small groups. We're going to start doing small groups right after church, connect groups. 
We're going to talk about this, then we'll go get some donuts. We'll come in and we'll sit down in circles and we'll talk about it. Why? Because friendships are important. Part of our job is to make sure everybody who walks through the doors feels valued, like there's a place for them. Well, you talk about friendships, but you don't seem to care if I'm here or not. Well, we want to care. That's our, our role. What we're trying to do for you is to let you know that we actually believe this stuff. We want to live this stuff. So we'll start connect groups in a, in a few weeks. It's why we do donuts. It's why we do the coffee. It's why we do uh, next Sunday waffles. Pretty excited about the uh, waffles. The best parties always end up in the kitchen. Have you noticed that? Back in your party days. So we want to just do that here. Let's just have the kitchen. Have the food. The Bible says don't stop breaking bread together. And if you're wondering, well, I'm standing across from this person, and what we have in common is we were both reaching for the fritter, and I let them have it. I don't think they were thankful enough. That's what we have in common so far. But we have something else in common in that we are here, and at some level we're, we're depending upon embracing or desiring or hoping it's true, that eternal connection with our Creator. We have that in common. So use your words, ask questions, tell some appropriate stories. In the third strand of the friendship we read in the Bible earlier, we all have the Creator of the universe in common, whether we currently recognize it or not, whether we currently feel it or not. And in a few minutes, what we'll have in common is sugar. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, the idea of friendship can be both exciting. We've all had some really good friends, but it can be intimidating because we might not currently have the friendship that we would like, and we feel a little inadequate when we go to start. Lord, would you bless our relationships right here? May we not feel the pressure or the panic, but embrace the opportunity. Some good people here. Let's make some friends. Let's enjoy this life for as long as we have breath. If there's anybody here who doesn't know you, you are our creator. And the relationship with you can be a little crazy and intimidating. It comes naturally for some. It's a never-ending struggle for others. Lord, the ABC approach to a relationship with you, A, is to admit that we are sinners. We are off the mark of what you created us to be. Be is to believe that Jesus is the one who forgives and makes us worthy at the throne room of God. And C is to choose to embrace our life as God-given and our role in it as a child of God. In the middle of chaos, may we spend our days bringing order. And may we spend our days embracing the fact that you love us and have guaranteed we can't fail. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, Amen.